0: Southernness to the, to the top. You're tuned in
2: to the Eagle Hour. A Tuesday, January 9th edition of the Eagle Hour. To be specific, glad that you're with us on the Super Talk network of stations or online or wherever you might be listening today. Kelly Sanner along with producer engineer Michael Mergens from the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg, in kind of a unique situation today where boss man. Bob Getty is actually in the Southern Bancor Studio in Laurel and we check in there. Bob, good good afternoon, buddy. You all right?
3: I'm good, Kelly, and I'm in here with the uh, one and only Will the Thrill Tony, who is our operations uh, man and morning uh, show host here in Laurel. So, uh Beautiful downtown Laurel, always fun to be back here, really great community.
2: So with will the thrill there no caffeine necessary. This first segment of the program <laughs> there will be this, so there will be some caffeine later. <laughs> brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, a big supporter of Southern Miss Athletics and a big supporter of your family. Uh, if you want to make things easy on yourself for any small or large gathering, let uh, Dickie's handle the catering and uh, you can dine in or take out. We're glad that they're part of our family here on Super Talk and joining us on on the line is men's head basketball coach, Jay Ladner. And, you know, we've heard what a difference a year makes. My goodness, what a difference a couple of days makes. His <laughs> Eagles team open conference play down in Statesboro, Georgia. were are beaten by Georgia Southern, who we are learning the, that Eagle team is much better than a lot of people anticipated. And then comes home. And a couple of wins, but one the big one that everybody's talking about, of course, is the last one. James Madison comes in undefeated on the year, ranked in the top 20 in the country, and the Eagles handle James Madison and hand them their first loss of the season. Coach Ladner, glad that you're with us. Good afternoon to you, sir.
1: Always, always honored to be on, Kelly. I appreciate you and Bob and uh, Luke, of course. Uh, I don't know if Luke's there today, but uh, when he when he is, but... Uh, I do appreciate y'all having me on.
2: Hey, let me ask, let me start the conversation with this. And I asked uh, Austin Crowley this yesterday at practice: how How can we look? And I say we because we love our Eagles. How can we look so well, not very good? Let's just put it that way <laughs> against Georgia Southern, and then come home and wallop an undefeated, top twenty ranked team uh, within a week of each other.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I, Kelly, that's hard to. It's hard to. to, to, I guess, describe, you know, after looking back at the film of that game, you know, if it was a lack of effort or, you know, uh, attitude issues, but it wasn't, our guys actually played hard. I I will, I'll I'll point to some very uh, objective uh, changes uh, that were made. Uh, One, after that game, and I want to give Juan Cardona, our defense coordinator, all the credit Juan, Juan, and I, of course, spent several days. It seemed like together, almost uh, kind of resetting things, reevaluating things. And 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 Juan came to the conclusion, and I did too. That hey, Juan, I think we need to we need to kind of uh, we need to simplify things. I thought things defensively. He did too. Uh, that that we were a little bit confused in our matchup zone as as. Uh, most people know we play a combination of a matchup zone and man-to-man and mix it up and sometimes one of the values is, is a lot of people don't know what we're doing and um but I thought in this case our players our players didn't know uh exactly what we were doing and uh and and we got a little confused early in that game and we let uh Georgia Southern they made 15 threes we let some people uh uh let a lot of shooters open and and once they got going of course they were desperate and uh and and we we just didn't have an opportunity to uh to, to they they built such a big lead you know and, and of course like i said that the, the once the momentum got going they were when i say they were desperate they had not won a game i mean it, it was just hard to stop the momentum that was one thing then we've made some um some uh lineup changes uh we we went to a, more of a uh, a, a much smaller lineup, but but more a uh, lineup that it, we put Corbello into the lineup at the one. Of course, Austin Crowley at the two, Donovan Ivory at the three, and Donovan had started some, not started some. Victor Hart at the four, who has been playing really well. And then we went Victor Iwako at the five, so it was a little smaller than our lineup that we had when we had uh, Tegra Ize starting and Iwako. And, uh, and and we've had very good rhythm and flow. And, 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 and then the guys that are coming off the bench now, of course, Mo Arnold, who has started most of the games, he's actually really flourished. Uh, uh, Kobe Montgomery's beginning to find himself. Bryson Hall and Tegra Ize are finding themselves. So it, it, uh, it's kind of a combination, a change of scheme, simplifying some things. And then I, I think a little bit of a lineup change has, has kind of paid some, some immediate dividends. Mm.
2: Well, Bob, the victory against James Madison certainly has the town talking, doesn't
3: it? No question about that, Coach. Uh, Very exciting, uh, interesting to hear the James Madison coach talk about the crowd and how intimidating the crowd was. I want to ask you about this player. I had the uh, good fortune of bumping into you uh, at a local pizza place back in the summer when uh, Awako came here Mm -hmm. from UNLV. And, uh, and watching, and I've I've watched every game. I, I'm very impressed with this kid. I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts about the impact he's had on the basketball team.
1: Well, you know, it, you know, some people, of course, some of our some of our own fans, as y'all know, have a hard time understanding the process. Maybe they've never participated in athletics. Have a hard understand, time understanding the process of players and and a team coming together in this day and time of transfer portals, and you don't have that two- and three- and four-year uh, growth period. Uh, and now, you're basically playing year-to-year, year and sometimes it it takes a little more time for some groups versus others. You could have brought Felipe Hasse, inserted him to any team in the, the 351 Division I teams, and because of his experience, basketball IQ, he was going to make that team better. We were fortunate to have that last year, and of course, Neftali Alvarez. And then this year, of course, we've got a uh, not basically an entirely new group, but you got a bunch of new faces, and that was one of them. And, and of course, V.I. has a lot of things that Felipe doesn't have, an incredible athlete, uh, just a, 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 an incredible ability to block shots. You're beginning to see that. Uh, he's an elite defender. But he's just a totally different kind of player, uh, on the offensive end than than Felipe was. Well, back so so with that being said, it's taken him a little time to to kind of uh, uh, understand the offense and, and and fit in and you know all the different things. But he's finally beginning to have a and get into a comfort zone and p- beginning to play with a lot of confidence. And um, as I said, he's an elite defender. Last year, I, I want to back up and, and put it in context. We play, He played at UN. He signed. He was a top 100 player out of high school. Went to high school in Dallas. Um, signed with Oklahoma. Played at Oklahoma his first two years. Uh, one of the assistants at Oklahoma got the job at UNLV. He played there his next two years. Of course, one of those is last year. We played UNLV right before Christmas. We won. I mean, excuse me. We were. Uh, I think we were 11 and one, and they were. They may have been 12 and oh. It was. It was a. It was a really uh anticipated game and uh, of course they ended up beating us but they were the first team that put a smaller and of course he's 6-7 but put a smaller more athletic guy on Felipe because of course Felipe played like a guard well up to that point everybody that guarded him would guard him with their their center which was great for us because their center couldn't guard him out out on the floor. And I thought one I thought was a good coaching move, but, but I was very impressed with the job that he did. And um, when he got into the transfer portal, we, we went guns blazing to get him. And so, right. anyway, we were glad to get him, but it's taken him a little while to kind of become uh, accustomed to the offense, defense that we run and the teammates. And But he's beginning to do that. And, I mean, he is, he is a shot blocker. Uh, he's just got that rare. It's something you can't teach either. I, I take no credit for it. But it – he is a shot blocker extraordinaire.
3: And another player that seems to me that, that is developing is Tegra Ize, Coach.
1: Yep. Yes. And, you know, a lot of people, again, uh, you, you hate to have to always seem like you're defending guys. But, you know, Tegra, he, here's a guy that, that broke his wrist uh, at the end of his junior college season last year. And he did not get full clearance to begin practicing until – about two and a half weeks before the season started this year and 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 not only did he have a, a, a you know cast and, and and then of course brace all, all that type of stuff on his arm, you know he couldn't move it and when you go that long, his muscles uh, had atrophied his uh, and I don't know if that's the right word or not bob I mean, <laughs> may have used the wrong version of it. Anyway, he had lost a lot of uh, strength and he'd lost a lot of uh, mobility in his muscles. So a lot of y'all may see him out there. He'll go get his hand on some balls, and a lot of times those, he'll fumble it away. And it's not because he doesn't have good hands. It's still he's still working to get his mobility and strength back in his wrist, of course, which is critical in terms of, of especially oh. for an inside player to be a play inside. Well, so, so- anyway, he's coming. He's coming on fast too.
2: Yeah, we kind of I kind of describe Southern Miss as the humane society for college basketball players. You know, guys, <laughs> they're just kind of left out to the side and Southern Miss pick them up, make them stars. We're, we're going to talk we're, Hey,
1: we're, we're we're the French Foreign Legion.
2: We <laughs> a lot of a lot of flavor for sure. We're going to talk more about the games coming up when we continue our discussion with Jay Ladner next.
0: Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour.
3: Southern Miss to the top.
2: Continuing our discussion with Men's Head basketball coach Jay Ladner, this segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Campus Bookmart. Open 24 hours a day on the web at Campus Mart. That's with a T, campusbookmart.net. Even clothing and Southern Miss apparel in my size. Now, Miss Kathleen might look at you and say, What did you say? What? <laughs> When you tell her my size, but uh, they actually have stuff that that's that big, so uh, you can check They're
3: them out. Call it the Kelly section. Uh,
2: yeah, the the USS uh, United States Ship uh, shirts. Uh, <laughs> so there. Kelly, you're telling me there's hope for me? Yes, will. Oh, oh I, I wish I was your size. Well, I'm working on it. I'm working on getting down there. Uh, Coach Ladner joins us now as the Eagles embark upon a two-game road trip. They will head to Monroe on Thursday night to take on the Warhawks, who are four and nine overall. But remember what happened at uh, Georgia Southern. We're going to talk about how big uh, Louisiana Monroe is, and then they will head to Troy to take on the Trojans. The uh, Troy Trojans are three and zero oh in conference play so far this year. So right back out on the the road coach and you got two completely different teams but both good teams that can cause some real problems for you.
1: We're we're a a prime example that in our league there's no one in our league that we cannot beat and there's no one in our league that can't beat us. And and I think I probably speak for all the remaining uh 13 teams besides us. It's a very balanced league. It's hard to win. Winning a Division One game is hard, hard anyway. I mean, it's—I yeah, don't care home or wherever you play. It, it's a difficult thing. Um, a little bit about a little bit about Louisiana Monroe. That's been a traditional before my time. It's been a difficult place for Southern Miss to play for many years over there, and um, it's a it's a unique situation. There's a again it, it's a it's a long time um, a, a competitor opponent, um, but here's here's the thing that's concerning to me. First of all, they're very well coached. A guy named Keith Richard is their coach, and he does an, an outstanding job. Uh, uh, very very good on both ends of the floor. He's not just a, a de- defensive guy or an offensive guy. He's a really good coach. And uh, doesn't get the credit probably that he deserves in a, in a in a place that's a uh, I'm certainly a challenging place to coach.
2: Well, he was but, he was coach, wasn't he? A disciple of Mike Vining. Um, he sure was. Yeah. Yes. Who, when you played at yep. Southern Miss, yes, Vin- Vining.
1: Mike Vining, who, who's on their radio. I talk to Coach Vining every time that we go play over there. Okay. And uh, he's he's part of their radio uh, broadcast team. Um, so but anyway Kelly they uh they they're very unique uh, compared to other teams in the league. They're the biggest team inside the league. And when I'm telling you that they've got two starters and then a guy comes off the bench that are are monsters. I mean these guys are huge, 6'10, 6'11, but wide bodied and you know that's just not other than Tegra. That's really not our makeup, you know. We right. we're really more lean and you know, probably look more like traditional basketball players as as opposed to those guys who look more probably like they could play on the Monroe football team. Right. But uh anyway, that that's a concern. They've got a uh, two high volume guards, Tariq Lacour um, and and, and Savion Galleon, that can really fill it up from outside. Those are their really go to scores. And then they've got some very just kind of i call kind of every time we always played even when i was playing uh we of course they were it was northeast louisiana back then they always were just real physical and tough and you know it was just hard to play against them and um they actually upset us in 88 that kept us from going to the ncaa tournament right at the end of the year we played them in a non-conference game while we were playing a non-conference game late in the season with some reason we had a bye i don't know but they upset us, Coach Vining was coaching, and yeah. you know, he and I talked about that game over there in 88. And it cost us an NCAA tournament, but it left, left, left us at 19 wins, and this was the year after the NIT uh, championship. But anyway, so they, they've been a traditional tough opponent. They're they're well coached. They're they're odd to us, meaning they're a big physical team. So we've got to get off to a good start. Hopefully we'll keep shooting it as well as we've been shooting it and uh and and, you know and and hopefully we can survive this one on thursday and then of course uh going to troy uh troy's that's a tough place as we played there last year had a real real hard-fought game we're able to win it and uh but they've got another another good competitive team and they're off to a good start at three and oh so anyway we'll we'll have our hands full if we could somehow survive this road trip we would have been off to a great start and uh Give us a chance to kind of come back home and hopefully build some momentum off of, of last Saturdays and, and last Thursdays and Saturdays win.
2: You know, Bob, when you look at the standings in the Sun Belt, everybody's eating each other. You know, I oh, mean, yeah. it's just, tough. Other tough. than JMU, it's
3: we saw that last year, Coach. Uh, you know, last year was great. Expectations are very high again for basketball. You lost two great players last year, and Hase and and the kid that I thought was the MVP, Pinkney. Yeah. Uh, and I know that you didn't get off to the start that you wanted to. How much of that has been having to build new chemistry on the team, and how much of that has been trying to find a replacement for those two kids that were so valuable to your
1: squad? Yeah, and Kelly, I, I mean, excuse me, Bob. I'll add, I'll add a couple more. Of course, we were anticipating having Neptali Alvarez, as y'all know, who's a, right. probably a first team guard. We lose him in the preseason. And then a lot of people kind of forgot about, old Denajay Harris. You know, he averaged nine and a half. He forced last year steady as they came. Yeah. Uh, Arkansas came in here and picked him up off our roster. And, uh, you know, we've we missed him. Yeah, and he correct. he was just a good kind of steady. And, you know, so that's four starters right there, uh, you know, that we lost. And it just takes time. We lost a couple of early games that we we could have gone either way down in St. Augustine, Florida, in a tournament. Uh, Utah Valley and Fullerton State, and um, and it we kind of knocked us back on our heels a little bit. We weren't playing. I didn't think. I thought we were playing hard, but we weren't playing well. And weren't playing with a lot of confidence. But our guys have never. They've never uh, panicked. You know, they they they. We say put on the earmuffs and the blinders, and don't listen to all the social media. Just stay focused on the task at hand. And come to work every day and and, and that that we have a good basketball team and eventually it's going to all come together. And we're beginning to see the early parts of it. And um, uh, so I'm real pleased with that. And, uh, you know, we're we're still not where we need to be. Andre Cabello is a great example. You know, he's been playing for about three weeks. He's probably about three weeks away from getting in, top physical condition, but, you know, every game he's gotten a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. Yeah. So a lot of it, though, mm. to answer your question, Bob, definitely has to do with it. Sometimes the process just takes a little bit longer than others. And and then, of course, in our case this year with the injuries and then uh, with Alvarez and then Cabello not being ruled eligible till a few weeks ago, he's played five total games now. It it just takes time, and uh, but they're they're we're, they're beginning to figure it out, and the coaches are beginning to figure our team out a little bit, and putting us in the right offenses and defenses to get it done.
2: When you talked about Cur- Curbelo, that triple double that he put together last week, the thing the number that jumped out most to me, Coach Ladner, was rebounds. You yeah. don't you don't expect a guy that's that's you know not very big to come up with that many rebounds. That was astonishing to now, me.
3: Let me interrupt real quickly. That's not what stunned me. What stunned me was when I heard that the last time that happened, Coach, you were playing high school basketball. Is that correct?
1: <laughs> I was actually I was actually in the ninth grade. Uh, that was at at Oak Grove, yeah, when Ronald Jackson, who I remembered well, was a great player. They called him the Beast Hound uh he played with pancake jackson that you had cornelius pancake jackson and ronald beastown jackson of course they were no relation uh kenny smith played on that team uh they the usm had a really good team and uh and i, I remember going to watch him all the time as a kid i was shocked myself bob to find out that it wasn't from that yeah. you know the 1980 that that had happened but andre has such a great feel for the game and uh He's got such good instincts that he can read where that shot's going and got a great nose for the basketball. Um, I'm not, to be honest with you, real surprised. I think he ended up with like 13 assists. But, you know, there's going to come a time where I I think it'll be – and I think soon that it will be very – it'll be shocking if he doesn't have over 10 assists because he does such an incredible job of getting the ball to people. Uh, Oh, at the right time, where they can just catch it, and score it, make it look easy, he, and that which is what an assist is. So he, he's he's a, he, he's a he's definitely a, a unique player in a in a great sense. To put that in perspective, coach, um, the last time that happened was three years before either Luke or I were born.
3: So, well, all right, you, you got to throw that around here now. Yeah, what's right. that, in, what's that implication?
1: <laughs> I, I'm I'm, just, I'm I'm just saying uh, of the three people wow. that are in our office right now, Bob, me and Ben. We're nowhere even close to being born yet. Last time that happened, three years before. That, that's a unique thing. Then that's unbelievable. That that <laughs> yeah. was the first time since 1980. Unbelievable. Well,
2: with our with our crack staff, Bob, is there any way we can book Pancake Jackson on the show?
1: <laughs> I, I, I want to get them both on. What was it? What was Cornelius the other guy coach? Pancake Jackson, <laughs> and, I, and I I don't know where Pancake is, but I I know that Ronald Jackson, uh, who who got the uh, triple double in 1980. And his was a different one. He didn't have the assists. His was blocks, rebounds, and points. <laughs> um, he was a six-nine, uh, big, you know, uh, not 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 a big-bodied guy, but a long um, uh, player. But uh, he he has had an outstanding coaching uh, basketball, high school basketball yeah. coaching career in, in Alabama. All
2: right, coach, well, continued success, man. Good luck on the road this week. We hope we're talking about uh, two wins next week. Always Thank pleasure, y'all so coach. much.
1: Thank y'all so much for having me.
2: So, Bob, we go from Pancake Jackson. We hope the Eagles flatten their opponents this week. We'll be back to talk more basketball. And is Todd Munkin, former Southern Miss coach, headed to the NFL? There's news along that line as well. We'll be back in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Fourth Street Bar and Grill is sponsor of our third segment of the program. Boy, had a large crowd last night for the national championship game that saw Michigan defeat Washington. Interesting stat they were talking about too at Fourth Street. You know, all all four, and I think we might have alluded to this yesterday that all four of the the Division One national champions and the Division Two football champions. We're all from states that bordered Canada, North Dakota, Michigan, Washington, and Montana. Those are all, all four schools. So, and again, I'll be interested, Bob, as we welcome everybody back, I'll be interested to see when the ratings come out on that on the yeah. national championship game last night. Cause I talked to a lot of people this morning from around here who are diehard football fans, and they said didn't necessarily have anything against it, they just didn't watch it.
3: Well, let me, let me address this to those fans. <clears throat> That's on you. You missed one heck of an entertaining football game last night. And uh, Kirk Herbstreit uh, said at the start of the game there was some speculation about what the atmosphere would be like. And he described the atmosphere as awesome. And this is just one fan talking, Kelly. I'd like to get your observation. I found it refreshing to see two schools uh, outside of our region play for a change in in the national championship game and I found the game entertaining and refreshing and I believe good for college football
2: I agree with you on all counts and I think it sends a message to other schools that it can happen you know it can happen and of course the playoffs get extended to 12 teams next year that will add another element of drama although I expect when the smoke clears it will still come down to the the two best teams uh, in the country I just hope that we don't overexpose these young men to too much football, uh, yeah. to where they're getting you know career-ending injuries and things like that. Because I don't care how good a shape you're in, if you play too long and, and your body wears down and gets tired, that's when a lot of injuries occur. Right. But uh, here's
3: a great story from that game, Kelly. Uh, and gosh, I shouldn't bring this up and now forget the kid's name. But he was the starting tailback for Washington, and uh, he was injured. You know, he had been injured some throughout the anyway. So the kid is from Greenville, Mississippi. He played at Greenville St. Joe, which I'm very familiar with. I did their football games for probably more years than they want to remember. Uh, he, he left Greenville St. Joe, played a couple of years at Mississippi State, was playing but not really starting a lot, I don't think, at Mississippi State. Anyway, entered the portal, ended up at Washington, and here's a kid from Greenville, Mississippi, playing for the Washington Huskies. In the national championship game last night, I just found that to be a great, great story.
2: And it's, that's got to be one in a 100, you know, because a Correct. lot of kids, as much mm-hmm. as people are moving around in the transfer portal, that's what you hope will happen, and, right. uh, and good for him. But in other yeah. football news, I think going into the break, I said, is Todd Munkin headed for the NFL? Well, he, he has been in the NFL as the offensive coordinator now of the Baltimore Ravens, which, of course, the Ravens could very well win the Super Bowl. This year, but what I meant to add was to be a head coach in the NFL. Uh, several reports circulating today that the Los Angeles Chargers have asked permission, along with the Carolina Panthers, have asked permission of the Ravens to speak to Todd Munkin about their head coaching positions. And if it were to come down to that, Bob, hypothetically, you'd have to think, man, you even though you'd be going in the same division with with Kansas City and an improving Denver team, you'd have to think that that L.A. Chargers would be the great landing spot because you got a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert there.
3: Oh, no question. i mean, a kid with a huge upside and a man that knows how to develop uh, quarterbacks. Remember Nick Mullins? Well, Munkin had a big influence on him. Todd Munkin, uh, I think, would be a great choice for any head coaching job. I want to ask you, get your thoughts on this, Kelly. It shocked me this weekend and I didn't bring it up yesterday, but it it shocked me to hear that the NFL has decided to take the Saturday night playoff game and basically hold fans hostage. You know, you can sign up for the Peacock streaming service owned by NBC or you're not going to see the football game Saturday night. No, this has never happened. I saw that today that even players are speaking out about it. What do you think about that, Kelly? I uh,
2: I think here's what I think. I think this is a precursor to pay per view fo- pay per view football in the future. Wow! I mean, you've already they already kind of <clears throat> threw the NFL Sunday ticket package out there, right? Whether it was with Directv and now it's with YouTube TV, where you can pay to get all of the games, not just the ones in your market. Okay. Well, now they're throwing this thing in there with with Peacock. I think what they want to try to see, and I don't know who will crunch these numbers, but as much money as the NFL makes, could they make even more money (laughs) by taking the games off of network television completely and just making people do an a la carte Mm -hmm. pay-per-game of what they want to see?
3: When is enough money enough, Kelly? When does the NFL make enough money?
2: Well, that's a good question. But uh, in, in this free enterprise society, apparently, um, you know, there, there's not supposed to be no. any limit. But I but I think that this is going to be a good test for them to see if it works. Right. You know, how many people will. Now, what a lot of people will do is normally you'll get these subscription services and you can cancel it. You know, you got like seven free days or whatever. Right. And I think what will happen, unfortunately, for Peacock is a lot of people might sign up for it and then cancel it, you know. Uh, after the game is over or whatever but people have to go to a lot of work to cancel those subscriptions so we'll see how it turns out
3: so do you see a day when you would have to pay to see the super bowl
2: mm. yeah i can see i can see i, I didn't wow. think i'd i i did not think i'd see this you know what, what we've got now but yeah i think there's huh. probably uh. that chance
3: i am in Laurel, as you said. Ben Winpigler is in here with me. I've learned that when you do the show here in Laurel, there's just people coming in and out of the studio. Oh,
0: yeah, all that long. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, ben uh, was uh, in charge of ticket sales at Southern Miss before he joined this Motley crew. And uh, we're we're talking about streaming, Ben. And in your time at Southern Miss, when, when games began to be available, all the games on uh-huh. stream, did you see a decline in sales? Is there a correlation between... Every game is available to you on TV and ticket sales 100%. Um, I mean
0: cuz let's be honest I mean most people uh, don't want to have to get out and, yeah. and and go do something. You know the you know college football is an experience, NFL is an experience and that's what you that's what you have to sell um because if you're just selling hey you know watch a football game well they can sit and do that from the comfort of their home and you know not have to wait in line for the bathroom and pay 60 dollars for nachos and and uh warm beer and cold nachos and um you know they'd rather sit at home so you have to sell an experience that's why you have to have these these big things so yeah i do think there's a big um there's definitely a big correlation uh and uh, and i would i would agree with kelly you know i I think the NFL is is moving to a model where you have to pay uh, to watch every single game.
3: Kelly, don't you prefer to watch sports now in your boxers and knee socks? Didn't you tell me that uh, you prefer that than go to the stadium?
2: Yeah, my my preferred my preferred outfit is my Megadeth T-shirt and my uh, Burger King underwear, my Burger King briefs. <laughs> That's only because someone gave it to him.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, Michael. That's but, an image I never needed in my head.
3: And is it also true that your neighbors, when you started doing that, all pitched in and uh, came over and, and got you some really secure blinds for your house yeah i
2: thought that was really nice of them it was just great <laughs> of them what it yeah odd timing too yeah because all you got to do is pull the string and you go from seeing everything to seeing nothing and that was pointed out Correct, to me by right. one of the neighbors <clears throat> right. um so
3: michael told me he actually saw you one time in the megadeth t-shirt and the burger king short no, no i no, where were no, you where were you no, when that never happened?
2: said that <laughs> you were not a megadeth <laughs> michael you were not a megadeth fan oh yeah what you like megadeth yeah. okay I got you. <laughs> but not on but you, are you, Of course. Oh, okay. Course. Yeah, all, all right. Well, what's your favorite song? <laughs> all, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I was going to say, while you guys were talking, I was just looking at
3: NFL attendance records, because that's the correlation between them going. The last two years, 2022 and 2023, uh, and they'll have the final numbers for 2023 – attendance has actually been going up in fact 2022 they had a record attendance in, in the nfl in nfl so even though they're adding all these streaming options mm. and paying options you mm. would think that's because they you remember the days of the blackout games sure didn't sell well, enough tickets for get a black the game out you can't watch on tv unless you go that was for the local markets uh for whatever reason uh, attendance yeah. is going up while, well that just but, shows
0: you the 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 good product that they're i mean the it's a show when you go to an NFL game. Yeah. So yeah. That's a, but, but
2: I would also, if, if we looked at college <laughs> and high school numbers, if they were to even go down to high schools, the, the crowds it just is. are not near what they used to be. Same with college. But yeah. they're not putting on the yeah. show that the NFL does. Correct. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. No, yeah, and maybe they should. But, but no, what high schools yeah. should do is with as, as tight as budgets are, all high schools should stop streaming because you're given a free product. Well, no, we're unless they go to that, a pay-per-view. We've
3: already gotten word that there are schools in the state that have decided to do that, cut out all streaming for that reason.
2: Right. So.
1: Right. I
3: believe Petal High School... Refused to stream their home games this past year because they Mm. wanted people in the stands. I think that's smart.
2: Well, it it comes again, follow the money. I mean, when people are staying at home and and not, you know, getting to watch the game for free, as opposed to, look, the money doesn't grow on trees, you know?
3: Yeah, you're going to go if you can't watch. Look, I'm guilty of it. You know, I'm guilty of. There be a Southern Miss game, and at the last minute, I think, ah, man, I'm sit here in the living room and watch this. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's you. Well, out. the
0: NFL shows if you put if you put on a big enough show, it doesn't matter.
3: Doesn't matter; they'll still come.
2: When Even I'm, in Cincinnati. What I'm really worried about is that ESPN is going to do pay per view for the National Cheerleading Championships. Oh,
3: oh no, boy, that break your
2: heart wouldn't it, <laughs> and and my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. We've got a few things more to talk about. Southern Miss related. The Eagle Hour winds down after these commercial messages. Southern Miss to the top. Our final segment brought to you by D-Bat in Hattiesburg. This is D-Bat's busiest time of year because, number one, the temperatures are way down, so softball and baseball players wanting to get a jump on the season, want to get in there and use those state-of-the-art batting cages that can set up on curveballs, fastballs, whatever, and it's uh, they're always... Wiped down, cleaned after every use. It's meticulous in there. But the other thing is, is after the storms that came through last night and the grass being dormant and everything, it gets real sloppy and muddy outside. So you never have to worry about the indoor uh, situation at DBAT. A lot of coaches will have their team practices in there using the batting cages as well. Look them up online, DBAT Hattiesburg, or you can go by uh, just off of Interstate 59, and see the great facilities and the things that they can offer you and your youngsters. Kelly Sander and Michael Mergens from the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg. Bob Getty and Will the Thrill Tony has departed. He's but, left the but building. Ben will Winpigler has left the building. Yes, is is in there to finish things up here in Laurel. Couple things of note: the Lady Eagles will be at home tomorrow evening to take on Old Dominion, and then they will host South Al on Saturday afternoon, so while the men are on the road, the women will be at home. And Holman Edwards, one of the quarterbacks that was brought in to compete for the quarterback position last year on the Southern Miss football team, out originally at a French camp by way of the University of Houston, Holman Edwards has entered the transfer portal, and uh, he is looking to see if uh, he might be able to move on to what is now a very crowded quarterback room, Bob, particularly with the uh, Rottermaker, the transfer coming in from Florida State.
3: Yeah, we wish him well. And You know, there's good and bad to everything. I think this is the good side of the transfer portal. I think when a young man comes to a university, gives his best effort, but sees that, you know, he's not the fit for that school and he has limited time left to play, they're all competitive, Kelly. They want to be on the field playing. And you wish a kid like Holman Edwards good luck and you hope that the transfer portal Is beneficial to a kid like that,
2: right? And I think what a lot of people don't understand is that just because athletes, and I'm not saying this is the case with Holman edwards all because he's a fine young man and a quarterback, but just because people sometimes will put their name in the transfer portal doesn't mean they're going to get any bites. Correct. You know, you throw the hook out there and, and see what might be available. And Correct. what might be available may not be something you want. Um, so it really doesn't hurt either. I think sometimes the transfer portal gets a negative connotation with it. But um, what the heck does it hurt, just to throw your name out there? And it might be exactly, um, you know, what you need to, to further yeah, I your I think career. we
3: have another quarterback from the team this past year that has, um, it has transferred to uh, Delta State and uh, will be competing for the – for the uh, job at Delta, State? Jake
2: Lang has one more yeah. year left. He uh, did a lot of the holding on the place kicks right. uh, for the Eagles this year. But you know, it was school starting next week. Uh, I understand the academic. The students will begin their academic uh, season for the spring one week from today. Mm. But it's baseball and softball will hit the field uh, next week. Next Monday, they will. Mm-hmm. Next Monday, believe it or not, they will yeah, hit the hard, field. You yeah, know, the women will begin. Uh, the first week about the 10th of february maybe a little bit before and of course the men just after that so it's it doesn't take long know, at all
3: kelly isn't that it, it kind of cruel to make those little snow babies have to come back from christmas next week are you
2: kidding me well actually it's a long when you when you take into consideration their finals are about the what 7th of december <laughs> and they're not coming back till the yeah, two months 14th of january i'd say that's a <laughs> That's a pretty sufficient break. Suck it up and come back to school. <laughs> Suck it up, Buttercup, right? <laughs> but what uh, if we tried that? What if we try
3: that? See yeah. how that
2: works in the real world. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's
3: a great point.
2: That's yeah. what's funny too and I'll always and not to be, you know, Debbie Downer, uh, but I'll always tell these college kids they should be excited when they graduate and they get that diploma. You know, and I'll always say, enjoy it while you can because tomorrow you're the bottom guy on the totem pole. You're working Thanksgiving. You're working Christmas. Right. You're working New Year's.
3: And you're going to meet Mr. Fica.
2: <laughs> yes. And we hate Mr. Fica, don't we? He takes just about everything we make.
3: Tell the story real quick about your daughter when she got into nursing and got her first Mister FICA check.
2: Oh yeah, she was. She you know she says, Dad, I'm making you know this many this many dollars an hour, and and she said, I'm getting my first paycheck today. I'm so excited. I ought to be making this amount of money. I said, Call me later today when you get that check. What well, was about four o'clock in the afternoon? She called me. She was crying, <laughs> crying. She said, Dad, they took half. What 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 is this OCI? What is this FICA? What is what is all this? And I told her, I said, "Those are the taxes, you know, uh, that pays for this and pays for that." And uh, she became a Republican very quickly. But 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 then get this, she says, "Well, how do I opt out?" I said, "Opt out."
3: I said, "How do you Kelly? If you got the secret, tell me, please." Yeah, it's called parchment. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> they got a nice little country club up there you can stay at if you don't pay your taxes. free tax
3: food free bed oh yeah. yeah oh I've it's been there i've been there it's very pleasant yeah luxurious. as a reporter as a reporter not not as an inmate oh and they'd
2: love me up there with my mega t-shirt and my burger king underwear <laughs> yeah. that's a thought we don't need to yeah. put yeah. in our okay. heads here through, uh-huh. so. Hey, Thank you, Kelly. Hey, tomorrow on the program, John Stewart, men's uh, track coach, will be with us in the studio with some of his athletes. They begin the season Friday up in Birmingham at the Blazer Invitational. And uh, much more Southern Miss news coming your way the rest of the week. So until then, Southern Miss to the top. To the top. The time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future.